Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we're happy to be back. We are well into September, which is like Halloween Eve for us. Yes, all of September is Halloween Eve. Yeah, just like all of October is Halloween. Yeah, we, we, yeah, spooky season started September 1st for us. Yeah, the, the big, the big attractions in our neighborhood are starting to put up their yeah, spooky decorations are starting to surface. Yeah, I think, was it my dad that showed us a picture tonight of the Yeah, massive... it's uh, around the corner from us. We just haven't seen it yet. It's, it's like, like a 20-foot skeleton. Yes, and there's witches and werewolves and yeah, we all had... the things we love. Yeah, so we have some people that really invest in the uh, holiday. We had a great time last week. Uh, yes. We had, of course, guests, um, Brett Wilson and J.D. Gravatt. And we talked about Are You Afraid of the Dark? And now we can kind of freely talk about what we were there for. Yes. And we had a lot of build up. Are You Afraid of the Dark was a, was a keystone moment mm-hmm. experience that, that influenced us when we were talking about doing the podcast and starting the podcast. Yeah. But there was there's so many great things in the 90s. One of those things we're talking about this week, mm. not Are You Afraid of the Dark, but another fantastic film from the 90s. Film from, and book. Yeah, film and book. We're going to talk about that. But I'm just saying that you know the big thing we talked about last week with Brett and JD, which which is the book that Brett's working on, which is Scary Tales: The Ultimate Unofficial Guide to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, it's gonna have it's basically gonna be an episode companion, episode guide. It's gonna have all kinds of great uh, information. I don't even know everything about it. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, before we were even recording, I was asking Brett some questions, yeah. <laughs> and he would not answer everything. No, he he wanted our first look slash listen to right. be experienced with you guys so we were like we were experiencing it in real time so we're excited about this book we're gonna get one yes again we love the show and what we're kind of bringing to the table as far as what the tape store's been doing really uh since the beginning of the year has been our midnight society pen series and of course we have gary and we have betty ann and we have kiki out yes and there will be more Yes, you know they're in the works. It, they're us. in the works. It's you know we just got a message from somebody like I, I want more of the characters. Well, trust me, we regularly talk so about. So do it. we. <laughs> so I guess you could say we never really leave the Are You Afraid of the Dark Mm-mm. universe. I mean, we love doing different shows. We love being able to, you know, sit around the campfire. Yes. But we also but there's so many great things. Yeah, in I was going to say the campfire's always lit around here. Yeah, but it is. We daily or every other day are kind of saying okay. You know, where do we want to go with this? Who do we want to do next? And we have things coming. So, Scary Tales, The Ultimate Unofficial Guide to Are You Afraid of the Dark by Brett Wilson. Now, Brett and JD are making their rounds with some other podcast shows, so follow them. We gave you their information last week. But this week, though, as tough as it is Mm -hmm. uh, to turn our focus away from Are You Afraid of the Dark for the time being, uh, we are talking about a film from 1990, Produced by Jim Henson. Jim Henson did some great things. Oh gosh! In the eighties and nineties, I mean, 90s, he was he was kind know. of a, a king children's you know film right. influencer when we were kids. Yeah, so many good things he did. Well, in nineteen ninety, a film came out uh, based on a book by a man named Rual Dahl. Thank you for because I would have totally. We looked up how to say it. I've been saying Rual Dahl my whole life. Oh. Found out today it's Rualdahl because he's Norwegian. All right. And the name of this book is? The Witches. The Witches. And the name of the film based on the book is? 
The witches. The witches. <laughs> I first saw the witches. I think I was eleven or twelve. I was on vacation up in Delaware, where my mom's side of the family lives, and my grandmother, of all people, and oh, we're going to talk about why that's significant. My grandmother, of all people, said, have you ever seen this movie called Witches, honey? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, I'm going to put it on for you. It's really good. We're going to watch it. <laughs> and I loved it. Yes. Loved of this movie. Of course you did. Loved this movie. There's a lot of things we love about this movie. That's what we're going to be talking about right. tonight. <laughs> so The Witches is directed by Nicholas Rogue. Produced by Jim Henson, Mark Shivas, and Dusty Simmons, or Simons. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Might have botched a few of those names, but... They'll be all right. Screenplay by Alan Scott, based on the novel The Same Name by Brooke. Ruald Dahl. Thank you. <laughs> Starring... Here we go. <sighs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Angelica Houston. The queen herself. Yes. And still is. My goodness. I mean, just the majesty. My Zetterling, mm -hmm. Rowan Atkinson, and Jason Fisher. And some other people we're going to talk about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, but those are the people of note. Yes. And I want to talk for a second about the soundtrack. The soundtrack was really good. The music was actually done. I looked it up. I, I was thinking I had to have probably maybe heard of this guy. He might be a Howard Shore, oh, maybe okay. a Danny Elfman, okay. maybe a James Horner. He's a guy named Stanley Myers. Hmm. I never heard of him. Yeah, me neither. But he was very prolific, and he was a mentor of Hans Zimmer. Oh, get out. Who? No wonder. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Batman Begins. I mean, pick your poison, man. Right. He's done so Hans much. Hans Zimmer. Incredible, right? So yeah. he, this guy, Stanley Myers, who did the Witches soundtrack. That's a neat tidbit for information. Right. I did yeah. not know that. So we've set the stage, you know, thrown the big names out there. Let's get into this story. I've never read the book, by the way. Okay, yeah. And I actually, uh, this is another one that okay. I didn't watch as a kid. I wasn't allowed right. to watch these kinds of movies as a kid because my mom thought they were a little bit too dark. But as you all know, I've been dark and twisty since birth. So this, I I literally watched this for the first time the other night with Toby. And was I not That's... tripping out the entire time? No, you loved it. I was freaking out. I was you like, ah, no, why was this not part of my formative years? It's just incredible. And what's great about this movie is this movie is not underappreciated this movie received critical acclaim. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's it's considered a a a great movie. That's good. I'm glad. And I think you told me that Angelica Houston she considers it a a performance. And yeah, a, and a, I I read a few like just different you know trivia about the movie, and she said this this role even like today, mm -hmm. this is one of the roles she holds dear to her heart. Yeah, and I, that makes me happy because. If I, as an actor, I would have loved this role. Yeah, yeah. I think that I either read that she said or listened to an interview or something mm -hmm. by her where she said that she just like loves how she looks. Yeah, like, and yeah. She's like, oh, it looks so great in that film. <laughs> I mean, she which did. she did. She's yes. phenomenal. Right. The film's opening credits, which are rather long, because this is back when films would open with like full five-minute yeah. credit sequences. Yeah, like our kids are like, Mom, why is this still going? I'm like, listen, that's how he right. things used to be. Okay. Well, because now films <laughs> just kind of begin. It's kind of the thing now. It's, yeah. like, it's like, you know, film and storytelling on film has really evolved, and, you know, the whole cinematic way of beginning, yeah. you know, a story is like it just starts. I think that speaks a lot to who we are as people now, too, because you, th you have to think w delayed gratification was just how it was. Right. When we were kids, uh, things are just more instant now. Yeah, it's just interesting so it's, that it's, it's interesting that even that has changed. Right, it's true. It has. So the film's credits open, you know, and we get the full, you know, all the main players in the cast and mm -hmm. the crew, you know, the director and the production 
the right. big producers, executive producers and all. All this is, again, it's rather long, several yeah. minutes. And it's over this like aerial shot of snowy mountains and tundra. We're kind of traveling mm. through. But it, it, it begins with a laugh, does it not? I think it ends with the it laugh. It ends with a laugh. Yeah, so it, it, it looks, it doesn't. It's not like a drone shot. You feel well, kind of like Well, no, this is like 1990. No, but what I'm saying is it feels kind like... Kind of shaky, maybe? Yeah, like... I mean, well, it's, it's likely called, filmed with a helicopter. Right, and it, look, it's called The Witches, so my immediate feel was, okay, I'm like on a broom. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> I'm traveling this distance right. with a witch. That's how it feels, and maybe that's how it's supposed to feel. And then we move to our opening setting, which yes. is this small Norwegian town. Mm-hmm. And in one of the houses, a kind but very serious-natured elderly woman named Helga, this is my Zetterling, mm-hmm. is making candles and telling her young grandson, Luke, this is Jason Fisher, about witches. I mean, we open up in mid-conversation like she had been kind of telling him about this for mm-hmm. a while. We're just, we're we're coming in right in the middle of this. And it's such a warm scene. Like, even though yeah. they're talking about such dark subject matter, it's just it, how how cool your grandma's making candles. Yeah, by hand. Yeah, yeah it just felt so old world. It, it really was. And my Zetterling is fantastic. Oh, gosh. And Jason Fisher, this is his first role, I believe, because the film said introducing Aww. Jason Fisher as Luke. So. And guys, he I, I'm going to say it a million times. He's too cute. I can't deal with it. Yeah, he does a great job. He's he really precious. Does a great job. Especially when, when he's put up against legends like my Zetterling and Angelica Houston. Yes. He does a great job. Luke is his character, and Luke's grandmother, Helga, is telling him about witches. Not just storybook fantastical witches. witches. She's telling him about witches as if they're real. And to to what to watch out for. Yeah, she's giving him a a warning story, essentially like, you know, when your father was young, I told him, I warned him about witches, and now she's warning Luke, her grandson. She's not, again, she's not kind of trying to be creepy or scary or fun. She's saying that witches are real. Yeah. And this is what you need to look out for. Kind of terrifying. Yeah. Kind of scary. Not terrifying in a horror movie way, but even for for something that's geared toward young kids, it was scary. Yeah. Um, Witches are sinister beings disguised as ordinary women. Yes. This is according to Helga. Yeah. They hate children and seek to either kill them or curse them with some kind of transformative spell. Witches, according to Helga, are not only real, but are also prevalent throughout the world. They're in every country, mm-hmm. and they operate under a hierarchy. Each nation has witches, which is led by a high witch, and they all answer to the supreme ruler known as the Grand High Witch. Yeah. So she's kind of explaining this to Luke. Right. Apparently, not only is Helga aware of witches, but apparently over the course of her life has attempted to seek them out and fight them. She's missing her left pinky finger due to an apparent run-in with one and also claims to have sought out the Grand High Witch herself but has never been able to find her. It's very elusive. Helga warns Luke that he must always be wary of the signs that uh, what he may think is a harmless and kind woman is actually a witch. They're signs. They wear a wig, which causes their scalp to itch. They have no toes. They have like square stumps. Yeah, the where their, their toes should be. Right, where their toes should be. And they so, have they want, a, so they don't wear pretty shoes. She she made sure to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said they wear just ordinary shoes because they can't wear pointed, cute, high heel shoes because they don't right. have toes. And they have a purple coloration to their eyes. Yes. 
Helga then tells the story of a young girl. She goes further. She goes, you know, not only am I telling you about the witches, but I'm telling you a story that, you know, I experienced when I was a kid. Yeah. A child that she knew in her hometown named Erica, who was taken by a witch that lived in their town. Uh, Erica didn't know the warning signs, and while off fetching milk for her father, was taken by a witch when she was walking down an alley by herself. Right. And you see it, like, yeah, she's walking down the it. alley. And she just snatches her. I mean, that was pretty jarring. It's playing on a fear that kids already have that don't take candy from a stranger, you right. know, like that well, kind of thing. And this is a very, it has a very Grimm's fairy tale mm. type of feeling because Grimm's fairy tale are cautionary tales. Erica is snatched by this witch and she's gone. Yeah, and never to be seen. Helga explains that there was a search. They looked for her. They could never find her. And then one day, Erica's dad had a painting hanging up in his house, and he could see in the painting, suddenly, a young girl appeared in the painting. It was Erica. Mm -hmm. She was taken by the witch and somehow cursed and put in this painting. Yeah. And as years would go by, the little girl in the painting would age. And she'd change position. She wasn't always yeah. in the same spot. Until eventually she faded away. So and it's, yeah, it's very... Luke was kind of like, did she die? And, and Helga was like, yeah, I don't know. Either way, it was a very, very bad ending for Erica. And and again, this is all Helga's story to Luke. For her, this is real. Yeah, she's not, not just telling convinced. A, she's not telling a story. She's not telling a she story. She is warning her grandson. So because it's real for Helga, mm -hmm. it the, the story comes off really powerfully to Luke. Okay? The parents come in. Luke's parents come in. This is where we find that. You know, Helga's keeping Luke while her parents are going out on the town. Right. Helga's tucking Luke into bed. Because the parents are inconsequential to the story. Right. No, it's uh, th true. Th they were rather two-dimensional. Yeah. They just... They, they served just, that purpose in that moment. Yeah, they just seemed like run-of-the-bill nice mom and dad. Yeah. They wish Luke goodnight, and they go out for the evening. They're all dressed up for a night out. They get into their car, and they drive away. Meanwhile, back in the house... You know, Luke asks for more stories. Mm -hmm. Helga obliges and gives one us one more, one short one. Gives us well, gives us more information about witches. They have a strong sense of smell and can smell children from a distance. And to witches, children smell like dog crap, <laughs> which they refer to in the film as dogs droppings. Yes, dog crap because it is written by an English author. Yep. So he's gonna he he I thought it was Norwegian. Well, he yes, his his parentage is Norwegian, but he he uh, grew up in England. That's one thing that he wouldn't budge on on some of the things in the screenplay. He wanted the use of Anglic, you know, Anglican sayings like right. the lift and you know sweets, not candy. He wanted the the, the lift instead of the elevator. Yeah, right? so so some of the some of the language is influenced by how he was writing. So we can say dogs droppings, I guess. So he droppings in, yes. in, in in out of honor and respect for. Well, yeah. So dogs dropping. So children smell bad to witches. So right. yeah. And the cleaner they are, the worse the they worse smell. The worse they are. Yeah. Helga is deadly serious yes. again. And then Luke goes to sleep. The next morning, Luke awakes to find that his parents have still not arrived home. And then the police arrive. It's tragedy strikes. It's bad yeah. news. Luke's parents have died in a car accident, leaving Luke to be cared for solely by Helga. Helga then narrates. She kind of takes over and kind of narrates the story for a second. Some time has passed, and she explains that instead of taking Luke back to America. Like straight away, yeah. She took him to England because his parents wanted him to go to school there. There was a particular school in England mm -hmm. where where Luke was you know, set to go. And she has a house there. Yeah, and there's a home there. And we don't know if 
Yeah. It must be. Uh, we don't know the right. circumstance. Probably old family money, family estates, yeah, They whatever. appeared to be wealthy. They appeared yeah. to, to be a if wealthy If they can family. take a holiday in Norway, it's yeah. fair to say they probably have some money. Yeah. We see Luke at school momentarily, apparently happy, well-adjusted, you know. Yeah. And then he's at home playing in his treehouse. I mean, it wastes no time. We're moving right into the plot. Luke and is in his treehouse playing. Go ahead. And it also shows that he has not forgotten what his grandma told him because when we see him at school. in his well-adjusted state, he's telling his friends about witches. And about his, what he's he- heard from his and grandmother. His, and he's convincing as well. So his friend's like, well, I think I saw a witch. Like, he's just, he is taken right. on grandma's belief. So we know that he takes it seriously, which is good because what happens next is dependent on that. Right. So he's at home. For a, in the chi- afternoon. for a child who's lost his parents, he's doing well. Yeah, and in the afternoon, he's playing in his treehouse, and a woman dressed in black, she kind of comes out of nowhere. She's been walking down the street. She just kind of comes in and stops at the base of the tree, and she looks clearly offended by an odor mm-hmm. and is hesitantly approaching, but she is approaching. She walks up to the base of the tree and catches a toy that Luke drops off the treehouse, and she begins to engage Luke, this woman is not named in the film. She's she's called the Woman in Black. Mm-hmm. She's played by Anne Lambton, and she really makes an impression in this film. Yeah, even though she she has kind of a bit part, she throws the toy back to Luke. It was like an airplane. Yeah, and kindly begins to offer him gifts. She removes her sunglasses, and we see a strange purple gleam, Uh-oh. indicating that this woman is a witch. <laughs> Luke sees this too and refuses to come down. She's like, you know, come down, I'll give you this gift. Mm-hmm. She takes out a snake and tries coaxing Luke down from a tree. You know, I guess, you know, he's a boy, he'll want to come. Yeah, she's all little boys like snakes. Yeah. Luke refuses and then begins yelling for his grandmother, mm-hmm. Helga. The witch then offers Luke chocolate and frightens Luke even more when she says his name. And Luke yeah. has not given his name to her and she says, your name is Luke. So, this woman has abilities that are beyond, you know... The natural realm. The natural realm. Helga interrupts them, and the witch quickly leaves. Luke tells Helga everything to which she says she believes him. The which woman, is the key to every kid. Will, right. will an adult believe me? Right. And all of these kinds of stories. So it actually, for me, was really refreshing to have Grandma always on his side. Yeah. The woman walks down the street away from the house... She looks upset at first when she is interrupted, but mm-hmm. then she just kind of starts to cackle like, oh, you know, we'll get him next time. Yeah. So obviously driving the point home that this is a witch. Yes. And that Helga's stories are true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know the name of the film is The Witches, but still. <laughs> right. This, this, we have a big clue. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a very important moment. Just right. showing that, okay. It's happening. It's happening. We then move to some time later, not sure, but it's Luke's birthday. Helga gifts Luke a set of two mice, which he names William and Mary. <laughs> and that day, Helga gets sick. She kind of falls ill. And we're worried for a second. I remember Brooke was like, oh, no, 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 no. I know. I was like, what else can this child go right. through? That was not okay for me. We minute. actually find that she has diabetes, and it's it's... Something that can be maintained and managed. Yeah. You know. The doctor is hopeful. The doctor is hopeful, but she has to, of course, correct her diet, you know, correct some right, things Right, you know, no sugar, and uh, she said a few, some rest, no sugar, and a holiday by the sea. Right, which is exactly what 
Helga and Luke do. They travel to a large and fancy hotel off the coast so she can just have some time, you know, following the doctor's orders, a time of rest, relaxing in in a different climate. Uh, The car pulls in. Helga gets out. Luke gets out. You know, they go in to check in and all. Moments after. I mean, immediately. A luxury car. I believe it was a Mercedes pulls up. The valet opens the door. (laughs) And rising from the car... Wearing a glorious hat, like a feathered hat, yes, I think. Yes, in all the majesty. Is this tall, dark, and ominous woman. And who is it? Mm-hmm. It is Angelica Houston. In all her glory, it's and Angelica Houston. she's just gorgeous. And she has the look on her face. Oh, And yeah. we don't have to... You can, Resting witch face, right. if you will. She literally just, I mean, has that presence. Just ri- And she just rises out of the car. <laughs> True royalty, I'm serious. We're not sure who she is, though, but we can tell that this is someone, because it's Angelica Houston, you can pick her out of a crowd of a million people. Of course. She just has that, just has such a powerful presence. Yeah. Um, We know that she's someone of of note, of consequence, major consequence. Definitely. So, as Helga and Luke check in, the woman enters and is immediately approached by many other female admirers. Right. (laughs) <laughs> One of them compliments her appearance, to which she immediately disses them in her turn. She's yes. like, oh, you look glorious. And she's like, she's, I wish I could say the same for you. Yeah. It just leaves. And just we're like, Walks well, right okay. through her. Like, walks right through <laughs> She condescends. I mean, for no reason at all was so mean. Yeah, this, this is a woman, woman who's like, like, I've waited my whole life to meet you is the way she was acting. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, eh. Yeah. A- anyways. <laughs> yeah. She condescendingly introduces herself to the hotel manager, Mr. Stringer, who is played by another great, Rowan Atkinson. Bless him. So she introduces herself. She just kind of like puts her hand up and then kind of pulls it away real quick and sets her secretary, Miss Irvine, played by Jane Horrocks. It's like her young secretary assistant, Miss Irvine. She has like, she's got a very nine to five, like blonde looking look to her. Yes. Little Miss Office Clerk. And she sets Miss Irvine to attending to her needs while she meets more admirers. Many more. A nearby sign gives us some context to <laughs> what uh, this this lady is doing. Um, it is a convention for the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, the RSPCC. And the chairwoman is Eva Ernst. And that is Angelica Houston's character. Mm-hmm. So we think. And the admirers are members of this society, and they're in town for their fifth annual convention. So Helga and Luke just happen to be, you know, taking their little getaway, taking their little vacation, in the midst of this society for prevention of cruelty to children with all these women, led by Eva Ernst, who is very mysterious, to say the least. Luke and Helga get settled in. Helga says, you know what, Luke, go explore the hotel. Miss Ernst, Eva, she continues to move through the hotel, followed by admirers, when she does something very strange. She stops by a painting of a young boy and smirks at it. And this echoes back to the beginning of the story. We think Mm -hmm. about the story about Erica that Helga told us. Miss Ernst touches the painting and walks away, and the boy in the painting disappears and you heard, Brooke said, did you hear that? Yeah, there were little squeals, like little, mm, like. Yeah. And I was like, Toby, you're hearing this? Are you hearing this? Like, yeah, it's, I, it's faint, but you can hear it. Right. Like he was like, no, 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 or something in the painting, you know? So Creepy. what do we So what do we get from this? Miss <clears throat> Ernst is a witch. Absolutely. 
And based on the treatment she's getting, a very, very important one. She is somebody. She is somebody. Meanwhile, Luke is exploring, and he makes a friend. Another young boy named Bruno <laughs> Jenkins. Bruno Jenkins. Who is very, very English. Oh, like, gosh. He's got the accent and the way he talks. He's a great kid. He's, I mean, th- he's, he's a, a cutie. <laughs> I mean, this kid was so much fun. And he's busy eating food off the food cart. And what I mean by doing that, <laughs> by eating the food, is he's picking food up and he's taking like a bite and putting it back. It's bad. The worst possible thing they could be doing at, yeah. in, in a really nice hotel. This food is going to go out to be served to people, and mm-hmm. he's putting his hands all over it, and he's taking little bites and nibbles off of it and just putting it back. Yeah, I told Toby, he reminds me of Dudley from Harry Potter, but, like, not mean. Just, no. Just Bru- porky. Yeah. Bruno is obnoxious, but very kind, very nice, mm-hmm. and he informs Luke that he is from wealthy parents. Mm-hmm. Mr. Stringer, all the while, is, you know, doing his job as the manager of the hotel. Right. He's approached by a frantic young maid who had been cleaning Luke and Helga's room, and she came across William and Mary, the two mice. And this this girl, this maid, is just hysterical. Right. The whole film. <clears throat> and she's really? freaking out. And she runs to Mr. Stringer and is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And except she has this squealy scream. She's yeah, just, it's not good. Well, she's freaked out because she saw these mice, obviously. Which causes Mr. Stringer to protest to Helga that we can't have these mice in the hotel. When Helga, <laughs> very quick-witted, oh, man. says, well, you know what? You have a bigger problem than these two sweet little pet mice that we keep in a cage in this room. Mm-hmm. You have rats in your hotel. And she winks at Luke. Like, yeah, like just, on, just follow along. Yeah, yeah. And Luke even says, yeah, there's food nibbled on downstairs. Now, Bruno did that. Yeah, and he's not lying. He's just but the but but there implying. is right but there's there's food <laughs> half eaten on the food carts yeah. because Bruno's just picking stuff up and biting it and putting it back yeah so he's not lying but again Helga plus Luke making these claims to again get the to get the focus off of William and Mary right creates this well it creates our our glorious subplot oh yeah which is Mister Stringer's obsession over these quote. Rats. The rat. He becomes Captain Ahab, and and yes. these rats are his Moby Dick. Right. <laughs> like, it's not. There are no rats. It's fantastic. Now, mice are a big part of this film. Right. Not, but, but he, understand. But not yet. <laughs> but 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 these are. Mr. Stringer is looking for these non-existent rats for the next hour and a right. half. Right, and she she has given him a fear slash obsession. Yes. That he cannot quit. Right. Now. Helga's like, I'm going to go to the health department. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell the health people about this. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. just, you know, and he, he, can he closes it. the door. He's like, he can keep the mice. He can keep the mice. Yeah. But just, you know, uh, only keep, in this room. And keep, in the cage. keep quiet about these alleged rats <laughs> that he is now about to set on a great quest. Yes. To find. When we move down to the dining area, everyone's having tea, especially and most importantly, our favorite person. <laughs> I mean, there's so many favorite people in this movie, but one of the most choose. memorable people, as even as a kid watching this, was Bruno's father, Mr. Jenkins, <laughs> Herbert Jenkins, played by Bill Patterson. This guy is just a bloke. He is just yeah. a hilarious, he's an English guy. Yes. Scottish. Uh, right, Scottish, sorry. <clears throat> but I mean, you know. 
Mr. Jenkins is Bruno's dad. He's wealthy and also rather obnoxious. Yeah. He but, he, but he's harmless. He's cheerful. He's jovial. He's a good guy. Yeah. But he's kind of thoughtless. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of up on himself. You know, he just kind of thinks he, he, he seems yeah. to have this over-exaggerated view of himself. Like when he walks in the room, like. He just seems to think that he has like such social savvy with people. Yeah, we we likened the hotel portions of this movie to a show that we have watched from the seventies called Faulty Towers. Yeah, we highly it, recommend. Uh, it. I don't know if you've if, it used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if it is now, but um, Basil Faulty is a character from that, and he reminds me of that a little bit because right. he's played by John Cleese. So if you know John Cleese, you already know. But he's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think this is wonderful. I just I kept, right. I kept saying Toby's like a he's just b- bruha. Like, yeah, that's he, yeah, just, that's what Brick kept calling. He's, a, he's a brouhaha. And I'm Toby like, kept saying, "What do you call him?" I call him a brouhaha well, because, because I take <laughs> notes during the the stuff yeah. we watch and stuff. And I usually, you know, I, I get some notes together, and I'm like, I don't know if I can write that. I don't know how that's gonna translate. Because every time I hear him talking, I think of one Winston Havelock from The Mummy, and then I also think of the same guy who's in Titanic, and he's just going ha ha. All the yeah. time, and that is what he's doing all the so, time. So we see uh, Mr. Jenkins kind of being the brouhaha. Yes. <laughs> and a very important introduction because, you know, he's just a great part of this he's film. so funny. Mr. Stringer, while this is happening, notices the half-eaten food that Luke referred to <laughs> earlier and is clearly concerned about the rats. Like, this is like confirmation. Like, oh, this kid isn't just... Like, he was like, not you, lying. You see him kind of like calling people over and stuff. And <laughs> it's, it, it, it's you know, we're moving up, like, we're moving up to threat levels here, you know? Yes. His fear is now reality. Helga is downstairs with Luke again. They're having tea, mm-hmm. you know. We notice that Helga and Luke have been noticed. Yes. Someone is staring daggers at Helga. Oh, yeah. And it's the only person that can literally stare actual daggers right. at you. Yes, I feel them cutting me. Is Angelica Houston? <laughs> you know, it's it's Ava. It's Miss Ernst. Yes, she's just straight up staring. Yeah, and Helga starts to notice it, and Helga is bothered because there's something familiar about Miss Ernst, mm-hmm. and she, she can't place it. She can't place it. Now we know that Miss mm. Ernst is a witch. Then suddenly Helga finds that the sandwich, which she thought was a cucumber sandwich, has fish paste. And her tea, which she only added a little bit of sugar, has a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. Straight up, in that moment, Miss Ernst. Which business? And it's so much cooler because it's Angelica Houston straight up changed her food right on her plate. Yes. And again, this was was too almost, I, I almost felt like it was like, don't mess with me. Well, we learn later that Angelica Houston, that there there is a recognition there. Yes, there is a recognition. And Angelica Houston remembers it, even if Grandma doesn't. Right. Uh, This is all to, one, I think, warn, Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know. Back off me. Back off Mm -hmm. me. And also to say that, you know, because this has to do with her health. You know, these are things she can't eat and drink. Which, I mean, potentially things that those kinds of things would hurt her. It's clear that Miss Ernst has used some sort of magic to tamper. Yeah, I would like to add one note about the fish paste because we talked about this. Um, Right, yeah. Rual Dahl wouldn't move on a few specific English-isms that they use. And (laughs) the funniest thing is, of all the things that he was like, yeah, let's change ele- lift to elevator. He would not move on fish paste 
which is basically an English we, version yeah. of tuna fish. Yeah, we call it tuna fish. Yeah. And he said, I, I like I will not move on fish paste. I'm not gonna say tuna fish. You're not gonna put it in there. Right. <laughs> just of all the of all the hills to die on, for that yeah. to be your hill to die on is really funny. But you know what? It makes me love him even and more. And I was glad you brought that up because I remember when I watched the movie, I was like, Okay, what is fish paste? And then and then when you when you told me later, well that's tuna fish, I said, Oh, we we have that all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. So he was just like, Listen, it's just it's going in the movie. Right. Like this is this is it. So, so I thought I just want to add that note in case you were like Toby as a kid going, what in the heck is fish paste? It's tuna fish. But this movie made me want to try cucumber sandwiches. I've never had them. They're so good. Oh, we got to do it. And I love them with real butter, not margarine. Thank you, Bruno. <laughs> That's Bruno right there. <laughs> Sounded just like him. Voice actors. Brooks, our voice, uh, Brooks, our voice person. <laughs> All right. So Helga and Eva continue to exchange these these um, glances. Right. And glares. Then, yeah, really, yeah. And then Eva's eyes move to a young Bruno who is sitting with his parents, you know, just living his best life, eating. Of course. Stringer, Mr. Stringer, <laughs> is putting mouse traps around the hotel. <laughs> it appears he's becoming more and more like consumed. I just love right? that this with is the, the with, with these rat specters. You know, because they're not real. No, but he's like, I will find you. Yeah. And I will kill you. So we're moving up he's threat levels. He's going full Liam Neeson yeah, with it. Right. Moving up threat levels more. <laughs> Luke explores the hotel some more, and he's got his two mice with him, William and Mary. They're Which his best buds. Which he technically buds. wasn't supposed to do. No, but you know, but again. we're a child, and we're fine. You know, I think Luke was, one, a wonderfully curious child, but two, Luke didn't seem to have a lot of fear to do that because I think Helga was such a protective force. Yeah. And you know, she, she really was so safe. She she was safe and she made she made her own reality. She yeah. didn't re, she didn't depend on what the world was saying. She just was like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. Right. And I think for a child who's lost both parents, mm-hmm. she was such a force of, hey, you determine your odds. And he needed that. Right. So and, he and went into this. He just could go on with his curiosity and be like, it's fine. I'll make my own reality. It'll be fine. And, you know, watching this, and it, I, it had been a while since I watched this film, and, and I'd forgotten just how much I love Helga as a heroine in, in, in films. And she uh, is a heroine, truly. Yeah. Like, of all the movies I've watched, because she's so good at going from this fierce, you know, fighter yeah, to this nurturing, worried grandmother. I know, and it's she, seamless. She, yeah, she really did a great job. And it was the acting, and it's the character and all these. I mean, she really is such a wonderfully unique character Yeah, and when you think about, you know. And before we leave her, um, I, I, I pointed this out to Toby while we were watching. I said, I love, they net, they, she maintains her ethnic Norwegian look. Oh, yeah, The yeah. entire film. Uh, when we first meet her, she's in like this little knit sweater that has like Norwegian patterns and then her little nightgown when she gets when she's diagnosed with diabetes it ha- it's a Norwegian pattern and her hair is even in the braids that are tied up in the back it's she always maintains that old world like Nordic look yeah she just looked cool and she's he, yeah, yeah she's the, not of this world she has an otherworldly look and she never loses it and I think that's what it's almost like, okay, I know you're not a witch, but you're something. Right. It almost gives her like she's some kind of magical something. Yes. And yeah, I she was love great. It. Helga is a, a, a just even just like, again like the way she was physically fleshed yes. out in the film yeah. and and designed, I guess you could say, 
even through her wardrobe and stuff and her appearance. Yeah, she just wasn't of the modern times. Right. She wasn't of any time but her own. It's cool. So, as I said, you know, we were saying uh, Luke, again, is exploring some more, continuing right. his exploration. He's got his mice with him, William and Mary. When he finds himself in a large, empty convention hall filled with empty chairs, and he's looking for a place to play with his mice because one of the things that Luke's been doing kind of is, um, you know, off and on through the mm-hmm. film, you sit, you hear about it, is he's, he wants to create like a mouse circus. Yeah, like a little he wants like to tunnel cre- system. Yeah, and he wants to create little things for them, like, like a tightrope and things like that. So he has a few of those things. That, so he sits down in a little corner and Sweet baby. he sets up and he starts playing with his mice, you know. He's just doing his thing. Meanwhile, Helga falls asleep in her room. Almost like, she, like it's put upon her. It seems to be, yeah. I, I wonder it's not, that. It doesn't, to, to me, mm-hmm. it did not seem a natural sleep because she kind of went, ugh. And yeah, just, because and just went to bed. as soon as she falls asleep, Luke finds himself in a very mm-hmm. precarious situation. Mr. Stringer, along with Miss Ernst and her followers, just flood into the hall. They quickly fill the room. Luke is like, oh, crap. He has to kind of get his stuff together. Mm-hmm. We see that one of the women in this this whole crowd of, of women coming in is the woman in black who yep. approached Luke earlier in the film. Mr. Stringer informs uh, Miss Ernst that the kitchen is preparing a fine meal for her group, uh, and one of the highlights being a special exclusive soup for her party, a water right. a, a watercress soup. Watercress soup. Yes. Luke notices that all the women in this massive hall are witches. He, he looks at one in particular and sees mm-hmm. the, the, the purple... Tinge, eyes, and we yeah. know that the woman in black's there. We know that Miss Ernst is a witch, so we can assume that all these women are witches. A witch convention. Literally. Literally, yeah. Luke attempts to escape. He goes to leave, but his curiosity kind of gets the best of him. He starts to watch the event the event unfold. So he's got yeah. his mice and he's Aww. just kind of he's just kind of watching. He's kind of off to the side of the stage. He's he's behind one of those things. What are those things that they call them? Like you, a like a partition? Yeah, it, it's like that. It's, it looks like those old-timey things that people would change behind. Yeah, I mean, I only know So he's, yeah. He's yeah. kind of peeking behind this partition mm-hmm. on the side of the stage. Eva, Miss Ernst, steps on the stage to great applause and does that iconic pose, yes, you know. Yes, it's what we posted I think a couple days ago yeah. to herald the arrival of this show. Yeah, she just throws the arm up and you know, again, only Angelica Houston can do that. And what's only. wonderful about it is that it's not just, I mean, she just lets them applaud her for like a while. Yeah. And she just takes it and she's like, yeah, uh-huh. I right. deserve this. Yes. This is, this is right. She acts like, no, no like, 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 and there's times where she's kind of like, ah, no, 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 no. But, you know, you can tell. Yeah. She's taking it in. She's she's like, absolutely. This is what should be happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I should be glorified. <laughs> Yes. She then quiets the women and then orders them to remove their shoes and their wigs. After ensuring the doors are locked, the witches then reveal themselves in their true forms, which is exactly how Helga described them in the beginning, which is really ugly and bald and with these long fingers. But the most hideous, I want to say like, (laughs) <laughs> wonderfully hideous yeah. because I mean just the 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 makeup and the special it's effects incredible. that goes into it is Miss Ernst which is she's awful she's not Miss Ernst though Mm-mm. what is her actual who is she actually the grand high witch she is the grand high witch 
and she is the most hideous of them all. Her and her transformation is very creepy. Right. When she takes off her face mask and her oh, wig. Yeah. She takes off her lovely Angelica Houston face. Right. And to our dismay. <laughs> she has the longest, like, decrepit nose and like her skin's all like it's she just looks monstrous. It's Jim Henson at his finest. Right, it is. Her fingers are like I think like eight to ten inches long. Yeah, these, I mean, she she um again I read an interview and she was initially a little nervous about the role because she had done a previous role that required extensive makeup and it was a really bad experience. Right. But so she was a little hesitant. And to be fair, she wasn't in now. And as you if you've seen the movie, you know she's not in this particular makeup a whole lot. It's only a it's only just a portion of the film. But it took six to seven hours to get into. And five hours to get out, and she wow. said it was it was tough, it was rough. But, she said, but she loved the role, and uh, so it was yeah, worth it. The makeup and how Angelica Houston's performance kind of shifts. Her, it's her it's her voice performance. Yeah, that got every, me. It's almost like Miss Ernst and the Grand High Witch are two different characters. Absolutely, like, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Right. It's you know. And her accent is she has a German accent. Yeah, yeah. So in and again that harkens back to the Grimm's fairy tales because they're German. Like this, yeah. So when she's the Grand High Witch and she's just got this, she's accent, doing the W with like the hard, she's like, like a V. You know, you may re- remove your wigs. You yeah, know, she's right. just very, very like intense and she's very short. So, very yeah. She's a storybook witch. When right. she has all her get up off. Yeah, all the planets aligned for that. Right. For, for her to be cast in this role. Was Accurate. Great. So the first thing the Grand High Witch does is berate all the witches in the room. Mm-hmm. The witches of England. She's the, the, These are the witches of England. And she berates them because she wants every single child eliminated. And she feels like you guys are, you know. You're behind the times. Right, you're you're just not doing your job well. So I guess other countries are doing better than or, English yeah, witches. Yeah, she just yeah, the witches of That's England she are, are not to... doing a great job eliminating children. Right, she said there's so many kids here. What she, the heck? Yeah, you're right. And she wants every one of them gone. Which one witch kind of doubts the plan quietly to another? She's like, we can't really get rid of all of them, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, of course, the Grand High Witch hears it and incinerates this. I mean, she has and she has spot. this incantation like rhyme that I guess everyone knows. Like, uh, and the other witches start moving away from her. Yeah, because they know. She, yeah, she just burns one on the spot. Right, like, and like I'd like to add that the lady in black is just giddy with. Yeah, excitement. she loves it. She's she like, like wants yes, to yeah burn she, the witch. She, you can tell she's like ambitious. She like wants to be next to the grand high. Absolutely. Witch. Yeah. She then calmly goes on with her plan. She's like, look, you guys aren't doing a good job, so I have come up with this great foolproof plan. Mm-hmm. She orders all the witches to quit the jobs, because I guess... quit, Yeah, quit it, your... Because, I mean, that's something Helga says in the beginning. Witches have regular jobs. They're regular people. They're, they they look so like regular people. She tells them all to, to quit their regular jobs and buy candy stores. She's going to give them money. She's going to supply them with yeah. funds. And then she's going to give them... A special potion. Because the, the plan is they're going to spike these these sweets, the candies, yeah. the sweeties. Yeah, sweets. Right. Like, that's another one he wouldn't budge on, Ruol. Right. The, Not the, candy. The sweets. Grand High Witch has devised her newest potion, 
her triumph. I think she called yeah, it something. It is the triumph of my life. Right. Formula 86. And what Formula 86 does. And the way she tells what, what I know. it does. How can it we takes even... her five. It takes her like five minutes to explain what it does. Because she's so grandiose. Right. And and it's wonderful. Like, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, what yeah. does Formula 86 do? We'll tell you right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just, I mean, it basically just turns kids into mice. Right. The end. Like, but no. But you no. have got to watch the film In and the listen. hands of Angelica Houston. Yeah. She is crafting a tale fit for yeah. a kid. I want her to tell the story of my life, right? right. <laughs> no, but not Angelica Houston, the Grand High Witch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just show up and, you know. And just terrorize me and also narrate my life. So, again, purchase candy stores. She's going to supply them the money to do that. And it's 500 doses in one tiny bottle. Yeah, it's these tiny little blue bottles. And she's going to give the witches the doses to, to, to put in the candy. Mm-hmm. And then when a child takes one dose... It takes two hours. Delayed right. response. So that they way t- does, they can't pin it on right. the candy. And they turn into a mouse. However, if they take five doses, the formula works instantly. Mm-hmm. And ki- come on, you know kids. They eat candy like crazy. So, of course, the other witches want to see this thing in action, right? So the grand witch, she knows that, oh, too. She's already got that taken care of. She explains that she had just given a bar of chocolate with the formula to a child who's on his way. Oh dear. In order to get more chocolate. And we she, already know a kid like that. Right. So she quickly <laughs> order you know, the witches have to, you know, mask back up and stuff and all that and get their wigs back on and all. And of course, banging on the door is none other than our Bruno. Oh, poor Bruno. He comes in, you promised me six bars of chocolate or something. Yeah. Know? And all of the women in the room are like visibly sick because of course they smell him yes you know, he smells like dog's droppings <laughs> and the grand high witch is kind of like you know she she is doing her best to be near him yes and but to it not does, barf on right. him but it doesn't take long because after a few moments bruno straight up turns into a mouse and bless him though like they're all laughing and he's laughing with them that broke my heart yeah. Like, he's like, Haha, yeah, I'm going to get chocolate. And they're right. like, no, that's no. not what's happening here. He turns into a mouse. And it's kind of horrific. No, it's like, because we were talking about showing this movie to our son, but... the, the, the This scene is what undid yeah, that. The, the mouse transformation scene would, would, would it's, freak him and, out. And honestly, because the, the green stuff that comes out of them... And, and then, then just the, just the, the half, transformation. yeah, the transformation. I mean, right. again, Jim Henson at his finest. Yeah. So he's so Bruno survives, even though he's a mouse. He scurries away. Poor baby. Luke's watching the whole thing. The Grand High Witch finishes giving her instructions. She's, she's gonna cackling. Yeah. She's, she's like, I'm in room 208. You're all gonna come at, a, at at certain times to get your money and your Formula 86. And as they're filing out, you know, she, the, the the meeting's dismissed. One of the witches smells dog's droppings. Oh, smells Luke. And of course, after a brief search, they discover him, but he narrowly escapes. He's very nimble. Yeah, he runs out. He's able to escape the hall, the, the big convention hall. He gets outside, and they're all, all the witches are looking for Luke, and the Grand High Witch is out there, too. Yeah, but they have to act normal. But of course, they have to act normal. You know, they're, they're, they're back in their disguises. Um, I guess she, she sees a baby in a pram, and I guess she's kind of like, oh, why not? She pushes the pram down the hill. She's the worst. I mean that it was pretty. That was pretty disturbing. I know because I mean, yeah, I guess she hates children, but geez. So Luke's hiding. He runs out of hiding and saves the pram from going over the cliff. So he saves the baby, 
and then he runs back in the hotel, but this allows the Grand High Witch to kind of, you know, Luke comes out of hiding. I think it, it, yeah. it, it makes you wonder if she did that to see if Luke would come I out. I think so. She's pretty smart. Luke runs back to Helga, of course, who's been asleep. Yeah, Grandma, Grandma. The Grand High Witch is waiting for him. She yes. refers to Helga as an old adversary mm-hmm. and takes Luke. Luke is back in the ballroom suddenly and is force-fed an entire bottle of Formula 86, instantly turning him into a mouse. And the witches actually attempt to kill Luke, but he is able to escape. Into an event where he runs right into Bruno, <laughs> who seems to be having a great time right away, not like, yeah. I can't believe this happened to me. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Just, he has found a chunk of cake. He's good. They're, they're kind of like, you know, they, they, they've kind of escaped into the ventilation yeah. system. They're kind of under the hotel. And he's just loving it. I don't think Bruno fully realizes he's a mouse based on what he says to Luke. Because he says, just because you're a, doesn't mean I'm a. And then he, right, he's like, yeah, oh, he's, I'm straight up a mouse. And at this point, Bruno's just along for the ride. He is. Because Luke's like, I've got to get back to my grandmother. I've got to tell her about the witches. Bruno's just kind of like, uh, sure. Let's, let's, right, just, let's, you know, I'll follow you. This might as well happen. He sees William and Mary, his two mice that <laughs> escape. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? And they keep going, you know. Luke is able to, along with Bruno, make it back to Helga's room. They're nearly intercepted by Mr. Stringer, <laughs> who was having a little dalliance. Yep. And one of the rooms with our annoying, hysterical maid. So now we know why she runs to him. Well, the maid discovers the mice. They see Luke and Bruno, and of course, Mr. Stringer, who's been looking for these rats. It's 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 happening. It's it, you know, threat level goes up right. even more. <laughs> also attracts the attention of another maid who is a witch. Right. So there's witches not only at this convention, but there's witches apparently installed. Like there's one, there there's there's some working at the hotel. Right. No good. Helga sees that one of the maids is a witch. Mm-hmm. She comes out. She opens the door. Right. And that allows Luke and Bruno to scurry in. You know, the only person who supposedly saw the, the, the rats or the mice right. was the hysterical maid. Which, we're, now the who's his, believing her Now, the anyway. hysterical maid's not a, not a, not a witch. It's she's another, just, another yeah. maid kind of walks up and we see, oh, she's a witch. So, once inside, Luke reveals what has happened to him. We're in trouble. I've been turned into a mouse. This kid Bruno's been turned into a mouse. The Grand High Witch is behind it all. Mm-hmm. There's other witches here. It's a Category 5. Right. You know. Nothing is going well. And, of course, Helga's just taking all this in. And now we're back downstairs in the dining area. Always an opportunity to talk about <laughs> Mr. Herbert Jenkins. We love it. Bruno's dad. Miss Ernst is on high alert because she's had a kid get away. Yes. Who has seen a lot of really Who's, vital information. Right. And she's approached by Mr. Jenkins, who really seems to have an eye for her. Yeah. Even though his wife's like five feet away. Oh. Mrs. Jenkins. Mrs. Jenkins is watching Mr. Jenkins essentially... Flirt. Flirt. Hard. His, yeah, it will flirt and not even really successfully. Oh, not He's successful not at, at all. No. Because the Grand High Witch is not having any of it. Like, no. she's kind of tolerating him. Because, because she ca- has to appear like a human. Right. So, but it, it's funny just watching him think he's getting somewhere with this oh, lady yeah. <laughs> when he is not. Golly, this guy. Remember, Luke heard 
where the Grand High Witch's room is, two oh eight. So he's like, "Look, we've got to we've got to go on the offensive here." Yeah. And Helga's like, "Look, I have fought witches. I don't want my grandson to fight witches." Mm-hmm. But Luke's like, "Grandma, why'd you tell me about all this?" Right. Right. But we find that it just so happens that their room is right above two oh eight. So, Perfect. you know, Luke gets in a little sock or a little yeah her, know, her knitted sock. She yeah she had a knitted sock and Helga just lowers him down. Luke is almost killed. <laughs> By the Grand High Witch's cat, yes. his name is Liebchen. Liebchen. Yes. Thus confirming, I was like, I think she's German. And then when I heard the yeah. name of her cat, I was like, yep, German. So, avoiding Liebchen and avoiding the eyes of the Grand High Witch and Miss Irvine, her secretary, Luke is able to make it in and finds a bottle of Formula 86 and gets the heck out of there. So, so far, so good. Yes. The plan is to get the witches to unwittingly take the formula during their dinner. Right. So Luke's like, look, we've got to get the formula. They're having a dinner. We've got to somehow get them. So basically throw the plan back on them. Right. They're, they're planning on getting kids to eat so this So we've candy. got to get them before they get back to their homes and, and buy these candy shops and, and do all this damage. But there's a problem. Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins are a problem because at some point they're going to notice that Bruno's missing. Yes. So they kind of go for broke. Helga decides, I'm just going to have to try to explain to them yeah. what has happened to their son, and it goes horribly. Oh, yeah. As soon as Mrs. Jenkins sees that Helga has a mouse, she freaks out. And, you know, Bruno's trying to kind of say stuff, but, like, she can't. she's shrieking. Yeah. Mr. And the dad is offended to right. high heaven. He berates Helga, you know, thinks she's a kook and just dismisses her. So that that was a, a little snag there, but they continue with their plan to try to get this Formula 86 right. into the kitchen. Then, kind of a funny little thing happens. Our hysterical maid, who's a total idiot, is cleaning Miss Ernst's room, the Grand High Witch's room. Yeah. And she finds a bottle of Formula 86, but she thinks it's perfume. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she takes it and kind of like puts it on her neck and stuff. That's a really crappy thing to do, by the way. It's really gross. Like, don't touch other people's stuff. Right, and use it. So it kind of serves her right. And she's yeah. Because this stuff turns people into mice. Yes, and honestly, Good luck she's with that. super annoying, so I'm not even mad at right. it. Right. All the while, the Grand High Witch and her guests are coming downstairs. They're filling the dining area, and Luke makes it into the kitchen. And this is where we see another wonderful person. <laughs> the hotel chef, who is played by none other than James Carter. Who is James Carter? He plays Mr. Carson in Downton Abbey. Yes, a young, thin, Brooks said, oh, a young, thin Mr. Carson. And he is the exact same character. Just right. the same. He is the same exact guy, right? Like, oh, listen. Yeah, he's even kind of a jerk. Yeah. You know? He um, he has no Mrs. Hughes to balance yeah. him out of this. That's the great thing about this movie, though, is that there were things that we didn't need necessarily in the film, but they put in there, and it just makes it so much more rich. Like, yes. a, a, a guy, one of the waiters, comes up to... The hotel chef, and this is, you know, James Carter's character. Yeah. And complains that the veal's too tough. He goes to the trash can and takes something out of the it trash can. It looks like a veal, another another veal parmesan. An, yeah, another one, and starts to beat it against the trash can and brush it off and puts it back on there. And Is it there, the magic touch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? Like, like he just t- I said, Brooke, and you were looking down at your phone, I said, Brooke, um, he just took something out of the trash. Yeah, and- we had to rewind it, and I was like, what? <laughs> like... And for someone who seems to have a lot of pomp and circumstance, right. that was so contrary. So, yeah. That what a gift that right. character. 
And now, granted, we haven't read the book, so that you know, we don't know what's what's uh, right. an adage from the book and what's adage. Yeah, it was for the still movie. great. It's little but, things like that. But yeah, it just makes the whole movie so Herbert much fun. Jen- yeah, Herbert Jenkins, the Hotel Chef, Mr. Stringer. These little things just made such. And you already have Angelica Houston. You already have these 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 powerhouses in these great roles. Yeah, and, and they're they're supplemented with just these other just incredibly entertaining characters. Yes. So anyway, so while this is all going on in the kitchen. Luke is making his way through, and we see that one of the cooks is a witch, and she is overseeing the, the crest soup. Yes, the crest water soup. Yes, which I've never had. I've never had watercress. I don't know. Yeah, so she's making that. Luke sees the soup as an opportunity to get the formula to the entire party of witches, and he drops the entire bottle, five hundred doses. Clearly, more than enough to get. This is a to what I'd say. Is maybe about a hundred to hundred and fifty, yeah, witches there. Maybe a couple hundred at the most. Yeah. Go ahead. What you saying? Is, this is like a reverse ratatouille. Like, right. <laughs> we are not. We are not creating wonderful foods. We are trying to kill the witches. Yeah. And he's a brave little boy. He mouse, is. Yeah. Whatever. Because well, yeah, because he's discovered as soon as he drops the formula into the soup, yep. he is discovered, mm-hmm. and we have a mouse in the kitchen. A cook cuts part of Luke's tail off. Aww. He then scurries up the leg of the hotel chef, the hotel chef, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Veal, Carson. Yes, Mr. Veal. Who is, he's he's uh, beating something in a bowl. Yeah. And he's 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 freaking out, but he doesn't stop beating. He's like, can't stop beating. Right. He's not, he's, <laughs> he's still stirring what's in the bowl. And then, of course, who discovers what's going on? None other than Mr. Stringer. Yes. Yes. Our Captain Ahab. All right. We're now at like DEFCON 20. <laughs> Uh, we have rat sightings and all these like, and he's now like, he's like, I can't believe this right. is happening. So he says, "Give me the." He takes the bowl, and Mr. Stringer, st- of all things, for him to assist with, he, he takes t- the bowl and continues to stir whatever mix. He's like, or "Listen, batter. I know this is important, so I'm going to keep it going." Right. Well, Luke is able to escape even after they like rip uh, the hotel chef's pants and, off, like he. He's like grabbing his ropes himself. Yeah. His regions. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He's he's just like listen. Nothing. It was gone. Th- nothing's getting in here. Okay. Right. And too much to his relief, it has exited his pants. Poor, poor Luke. Yes. Well, the witch cook. Remember, there's a cook in there that's a witch. Right. She tries the soup before it's served. She takes a big old. She takes gold. a big old bite. She well, gets hers because we soon see. That she begins to turn into a mouse. She starts to have some trouble. Right. You know. Guess who else is having dinner tonight? Mr. Jenkins, <laughs> who is very dissatisfied with his cockaleaky soup. Which is really good, actually. Right. It's excellent. And Brooke makes a great cockaleaky soup, <laughs> I want to say. We are big Anglophiles it's so in good. this house. And I, I, we have to have some of that as it starts to get cooler. Oh, yes. He wants some of this watercress soup. He's like, oh, what kind of soup are they having over there? And he sees that the the crest soup with that spiked with Formula Six is being served. To who? The witches. Yeah, no, but why but does he want it? He wants it because Miss Ernst. Yeah, because yeah, Grand High Witch has be, because it. Because the chick he's got the hots and for and, the, and their, their exclusive party exactly. is getting it. And he's going to act like a baby over it. Right, so he wants some of the crest soup. Well, Mr. Stringer's like, look, that soup is specifically for that party. And, of course, he throws a big fit. And I still quote this to this day. He's like, you go down there and you tell them there's another order for Chris Soup. Now there's a laddie. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Now there's a laddie. Yes, that's why it says on my notes, Chris Soup, laddie. Yep. (laughs) 
But the problem is this soup is spiked with Formula 86. We can't have our great Herbert Jenkins no. turned into a mouse, right? Well, Can't have him. Anyway, well, the witch cook becomes full-blown mouse. <laughs> and she runs out into the dining area and she tries to scream like her little mouse voice. Yeah. She's trying to scream. to, to like, she, It's in the soup. Yeah, it's in the soup. You know, don't eat it. Well, the woman in black is sitting right next to the Grand High Witch. She thinks it's a kid. She yeah. thinks it's a child. So she smashes it, and it like this green splatter. It's awful. It, yeah. like, she, I mean, she smashes her to death. So she unwittingly kills one of her own and any chance to stop the plan. Right. Because all the witches, including the Grand High Witch, begin eating the soup. Yep. I want to say something that we kind of glazed over for a second. Mm-hmm. When the witches were, filling, were filing into, you know, and, and entering the dining area. Right. The Grand High Witch dismissed her secretary and said, That's "You're not right. e- you're not eating with us. You have work to do upstairs. You know, go. This isn't for you to you know. This is, you're here to work. You're here to serve me. Whatever. Yeah. Your staff. So we have a witch that's not eating the soup. It's Miss Irvine. She's angry. She says that she quits and she's sitting by herself and she says, "Quote: I didn't want to be one of them anyway." Unquote. Mm. This is important. Yes. We have a witch that's not getting. The formula. Helga is suddenly shocked to see that Mr. Jenkins is about to partake in the crest soup. And, you know, Luke's like, Grandma, he can't eat it. Yeah, or partake of the crest yes. soup. Yes. Um, she runs over to stop him while he's talking to Mrs. Jenkins with a roll stuffed in his mouth. Helga slaps the spoon out of Herbert's hand, dumps the soup on the table. He's outraged. He's still got, like, a whole roll in his mouth. Seriously. But this allows Bruno... To get their attention and say, I have been turned into a mouse. Like she tries to say, Look, your son's been turned into a mouse. You don't need to eat the soup. Because it's going to turn she's you into a mouse. She's trying to explain too. all this to him in seconds. And but, she's so cal- She's still so like, Listen, this right. is just life now. All right. Like, just deal with it. Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins finally see the truth of what's happened. And Bruno is indeed a mouse. And then something else happens immediately. All the witches begin turning into mice. It's not good. No. The Grand High Witch is taking longer since she's so powerful, yeah. but she's she suddenly realizes she's been had. Yes. <laughs> Helga faces her in the midst of all these witches, including the woman in black, all of them. They're yeah. all turning into mice. It's, it's pandemonium. It's pretty creepy. So Helga points out the Grand High Witch, but before the Grand High Witch can do anything to retaliate, she then begins to change. Yep. Soon, all the witches are mice, and now it is converged with Stringer's obsession. He's like, I was right. Yeah. She was right. Helga, you know. Yeah, Helga and freaking Luke were yeah, right. The, the, that old woman and that boy were right. I have mice in here. I have rats everywhere. in here, and they're everywhere, and they're these, you know. Or so get they, get, they, they get to work. He's got a meat cleaver. Golly. Miss Irvine walks out and witnesses the carnage. She's the only witch to survive. So Helga traps the Grand High Witch under a water pitcher, and Stringer then comes in and kills her with a meat cleaver, so the Grand High Witch is no more. Yes. We then return back to Bruno's parents, who seem to have accepted what's happened to him. Again, Bruno's dad looks almost like happy. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Bruno say a quick farewell. He and Helga leave the hotel. It's like immediately the next morning. The witches are dead, with the exception of Miss Irvine, who watches Luke and Helga drive away from the hotel from her window. Yeah. At home, Helga and Luke are adjusting to their new lives as far as, you know, Luke is a mouse. 
and he seems very happy. Yeah, he's created fact, his he, tunnel he doesn't system. Seem like he is very happy. Yeah, he yeah, and he says, you know, I really am happy. Like yep. I really do like being a yeah, mouse. He's, yeah, he's a sweet kid. He's I think, and I think that's kind of an important moment. He no he, no he's he's not bemoaning it because grandma he's, is because you know she misses yeah, her grandson. Well, Luke has accomplished a tremendous thing. I mean, all the 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 witches in England have been eradicated, including the Grand High Witch, who's supreme over all and the witches he did in the world that as a mouse. Right. So he's 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 doing fine. Suddenly, a large trunk is delivered. Luke explains that he arranged it. Helga opens it up, and we find that the trunk is filled with money. Money that Luke had stolen from the Grand High Witch. He had the trunk shipped to their house. It was right. the, I mean, the Grand High Witch isn't going to do anything with it. Right. Also inside the trunk is a black book with names of every witch in America. Luke wants to go to the United States and stop the witches there. I mean, this he's, kid... He's on to the next thing. Yeah. He's just like his grandmother. Yes, he is. That night, Helga puts Luke to bed in his little mouse house. It's so cute. And while Luke has accepted what's happened to him, Helga hides her sadness as mm-hmm. she turns over to go to sleep. And she says, maybe we'll find a nice witch to turn you back right. into a boy. Yeah, because she's hiding her sadness that yeah. her grandson's no longer a boy. Outside their home, suddenly, a car pulls up, and emerging from the darkness is a lady. And we see that it's Miss Irvine. Yes. Who immediately proceeds to cast a spell into Helga and Luke's home. While it appears initially sinister, we see that she's actually turning Luke back into a boy. After that, she returns William and Mary, and we find that Miss Irvine has actually changed. Mm-hmm. She's become a good witch, and after her experience with working under the Grand High Witch, no doubt, has become quite powerful. Yes. As she gets back into her car, Luke reminds her not to forget Bruno. Miss mm-hmm. Irvine gives a reassuring smile. Looks at her hand as if excited that she can now use her power to do good. Yeah. And drives off into the night as Helga and Luke watch. And that is the witches. And the only thing (sighs) that I'm sad about is that we didn't get another movie. I know. I would have loved to have seen them go to America. And Rual Dahl said he did. This ending did kind of leave room for a sequel. I guess it just never happened. I don't know that he wanted one. Well, he actually well, did not favor this ending. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you explain that a little bit? Yeah, they, okay, so apparently there there were two endings filmed. And Jim Henson was vocal about the fact that Rual's ending was the better ending. Because it's how the book ends. Right. And the book, do we want to say how the book ends? Sure, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the book ends with actually um, Luke stays a mouse. And he and Grandma just, you know, continue on in their days with him as a mouse and... Uh, and that and that's how it is. he finds contentment in his state. Yeah, which and, he did in the film. Yeah, so so they they didn't they didn't mess that up. They, no, uh, they filmed they just a version went a step further. Right, they filmed a version where that's the ending, and that okay. and and Dahl said that ending brought tears to his eyes. It moved him for a film to do that to the actual author because that's a big deal. It's tough. Yeah, I would hate to be a filmmaker that had to make a film based on a book because I'd be so worried. Oh, gosh, yeah. But, however, even though Jim Henson was vocal about saying that he believed Dahl's ending was best, he also said there are things that translate in books that don't translate on film. And so, so he said, 
we're going to film two endings. And he said, and I will only go with the alternate ending, which is the one that we just described, where he turns back into a boy, uh, if the critics, I mean, not sorry, if the audience responds to it. Yeah, the test audiences. And overwhelmingly, the test audience responded to that ending. And Roald Dahl, when he saw that ending, he said, take my name off this thing. Oh, gosh. Because he likes dark in his books because it's realistic because kids don't just because we want to shield kids from bad things doesn't mean that happens well and he liked that reality well i gotta be honest with you i I think that there's something even though you know i know it's not part of the book i think for the film yeah 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 there's something really incredibly powerful about miss irvine Yes, I think it's less about him turning back into a boy and more about what it says about what can happen. What that that a person can be evil and realize the error of their ways. Yes. And then begin to use their power for good. Yeah, like, I think like, that's what I enjoy because about it. Helga was always good. Yeah. Luke was always good. The Grand High Witch always evil. Mhm. And the and, mo- and all the all the and other all witches. the other witches. And then here we have one. And from the beginning of the story Witches were horrible mm-hmm. and did horrible things. And here's one. And because she had a peripheral view. Right. She she was never allowed to be in it. She was just of it, sort of. Right. And she was kind of like, well, hold on And a she changed. Her actual heart mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. Through her exclusion, it actually ended up working to her benefit. Yeah. And I don't really know much about, and, and the actress, uh, her name is Jane Horrocks. I yeah. And that, I don't know if this is in the book or not, because I like, a, like we said, we haven't read the book. But, We've only done some research on certain aspects of it. But Miss Irvine says very little in the film. Yeah. But her reactions said so much, and especially at the end, like, like when she looked at her hand and stuff. I just, I just really thought. Because Luke and Helga were going to be happy anyway, yeah. like you said. They were going to find their, their piece of but paradise. I just love that a witch who was evil turned good and repaired. Yeah, what was broken. What was broken, prepared, repaired what was damaged, and and who knows what, what she went off yeah, to do. Yeah, I like to think, I'm like, oh, what did, what did she go on to do? Right. You know, like, it, I think that's a fun thing to think about. But that's, I I think, look, I'm all about an author's ending mm-hmm. more than a movie ending because I'm, because we're, you know, we're book people. Right. However, I love the hope that this ending gave. And I can't, yeah. I just can't be mad at it. I'm sorry, Mr. Dahl. No. I just can't <laughs> be mad at it. Well, look, this movie, The Witches, it's on Netflix. Yes. Go so check it out. watch it before they take it away. Yeah. I don't know why we don't own it. I truly don't so either. So we need to get on that as it's well. It's just phenomenal. And we, now we just downloaded the book, so I'm going to read right. that next. Yes, I want to as well. So, you know. It's on our Kindle. Good. That means we get them on, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> little sidebar there. Sorry. Uh, guys, we've been going a while, and I'm sorry. This is such a and rich yet movie. We're not sorry. No, this is such a rich movie. This is such a rich movie. It's so good. And it's the perfect time of the year to watch it. And you can watch it numerous times. I mean, watch it for Angelica Houston. Watch it for my Zetterling. Watch it for Rowan Atkinson. Watch yes. it for Bill Patterson. Angelica Houston is a joy in whatever she is. Yes, and I would also like doing. to note for for fans of Pride and Prejudice, the the 2005 version, Brenda Blevin plays Mrs. Jenkins. She plays ah. Mrs. Bennett. Uh, yeah, Lizzie she was Bennett's good too. Mom in in Pride and Prejudice. So I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it in case there's any Pride and Prejudice fans out there. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because she actually was a really 
great, great actress in that as well. And so, her Sally Jesse Raphael glasses also played yeah, a big she role. She just was so <laughs> she was just so animated yeah. and just really and obviously, you know, you knew more about her body of work than I did. Right. Uh, so thank you for bringing her up because you, are you know we brought up. I mean, she's been in way more than Pride and Prejudice, but that's what I really know her from. Well, hey, let's shut this thing down. I'm sorry if we kept you too long, but I hope you've had a great time, guys. I mean, we certainly had a great time going through the witches. And if you've been with us throughout this entire time, this entire episode, we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. You know, just it takes a second and it really, you know, it's encouraging for us. Let's us know we're doing a good job. Let's us know that you like it. And that's important for us. So, yeah. Uh, we're on Instagram, yes? Yes, uh, the Tape Store uh, on Instagram and the Tape Store Pod on Twitter. Yep. Um, you can also, if you'd like, you can email us, tell us some yeah. stuff, uh, the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. Say we're mostly active on Instagram. Yeah, we're really active on Instagram. We like to, and we love to connect with you guys. We love to, like, you know, comment back and forth and whatever. So please feel free to hit us up there. Yeah. And again, are you afraid of the dark fans? You know, hit up the link tree, go to our Etsy shop, get you some pins. And be on the lookout for several cool Are You Afraid of the Dark things coming your way. Coming your way very soon from the tape store. So we're very excited. And also, as I said, just want to plug what Brett Wilson's doing with his uh, episode guide. Yes. Really excited about that. So we'll see you next Thursday with more great 80s and 90s nostalgia on the tape store podcast. And until then, this is Toby. And this is Brooke. We will see you all next time, guys. 